Welcome to Radwell's Automation Nation. Adjust the volume or put your favorite earbuds in and let's explore the manufacturing and automation industry together. I promise you if you love the industry or just cool technology, you will love our podcast. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 24 of Radwell Automation Nation. In the previous 23 episodes of this podcast, we've shared a lot of information and had a variety of guests join us. We've introduced you to manufacturers. We've discussed topics relevant to the manufacturing industry with internal and external subject matter experts. We've discussed ways to solve operational problems. In this episode, we're going a little off the normal path. Not too far off, but just a bit. Are you intrigued? Well, if you aren't, you should be. Because this episode is Get to Know Your Hosts. And Rob and I are awesome. Right, Rob? That's correct. Rob and I are going to have a discussion about a variety of topics, mostly related to business, to give you a behind-the-scenes look at who we are and what we bring to the table. Let's start with Rob. When he isn't co-hosting this podcast with me, Rob is the branch manager of Radwell's location in Franklin, Indiana. He's been with Radwell for 15 years. He began his Radwell career in 2007 in the IT department as an IT systems administrator. He has a background in electronics, building network switching systems, and surface mount circuit boards, as well as a background in sales. Soon, he assumed the role of IT operations manager with Radwell and absorbed the IT support team while building the network infrastructure team. This team built Radwell's global network when the company expanded into Europe and Canada. In 2014, he accepted the role as branch manager for the first expanded branch in the U.S. located in Indiana. He relocated his family and worked to build the Indiana team, complete the build-out of the operation we acquired, as well as growing the business. Radwell Indiana grew from $8 million in total revenue in 2014 to $27.4 million at the completion of 2021. Nicely done, Rob. Thank you. Thank you. A lot of hard work. Now let's talk about Julie. Julie is in charge of Radwell's multimedia and has worked for Radwell for almost eight years. She brings a lot of experience to her role at Radwell. She has been a professional photographer for many years, and she is also a video content creator, a video producer, a writer, podcaster, a small business, social media, and marketing coach, and a voiceover artist. And that's when she isn't at work at Radwell. Prior to joining Radwell, she segued a successful corporate operations management career in multiple industries into owning and operating her own art gallery representing over 200 American artists. She also owned her own photography studio prior to coming on board with Radwell, and she still shoots for clients today. Here at Radwell, Julie is in charge of all things media. She handles marketing photography, video production, writing, editing, and curating Radwell's blog, producing and co-hosting this podcast, and crafting and scheduling all content for Radwell's social media presence. You can also hear her voice in many of Radwell's videos on our YouTube channel. She has traveled worldwide to each of Radwell's locations and has documented company history through video, writing, and photography since she started in 2014. Well, now that we've got that out of the way, let's get started on this fabulous chat of ours. All right, so the first topic, and I guess you can start, Rob, since you're really good at thinking on your feet. <laughs> um, the first topic is, what drives you in business? Oh, it's a complicated question. Uh, I think there's a lot of factors. That's, um, you can boil it down to continuing growth, personally, professionally. and Okay. I think that's something that's important to me. Uh, making sure that getting better mm -hmm. every day as a professional, as a person, as a husband, uh, as a leader, um, but being a part of something and growing something, watching the people around, you know, me grow, um, 
you know, we talked about the growth of the business. Obviously, that's the main focus when you wake up and come to work every day. But uh, if you want to wake up and come to work every day, that has to be the main valid focus. topic in these times. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's what it is for me, being able to be a part of something larger than myself and being able to contribute to that. What about you? Well, it's interesting. You, we didn't. We didn't talk. Now, for anybody listening, we did not discuss any of these questions ahead of time or our answers. So, Rob is kind of hearing this for the first time, and you know, I kind of had some thoughts in my head, but I didn't prepare anything ahead of time simply because I wanted that organic feeling to this as we have our chat. So, interestingly enough, my main thing that drives me in business is setting goals and achieving results. I love big picture planning, but I also like breaking it down to the manageable steps and and getting people to develop towards goals. So people development for me, quality, connecting to what's happening with others, and also taking them through the goals, through a, a big picture vision, a smaller, you know, manageable goal setting vision, and then making it happen. It, it's interesting. We had very similar answers. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, they're all the important pieces of that growth, right? And you, gosh, I'd, I'd like to mention, I'm not going to mention the title because of how polarizing the world is you know, today, but there's a book that I read that has a lot to do with this topic or these answers. Um, yeah, it is a very polarized world. You're right. And when it comes to business, it's like you almost need to like take a step back and not, you have to address the polarizing things, but not get too far into it, you know? Right. So we're going to, we're going to omit any titles or, or anything like that. It's like a distraction. It's a shame because it's a distraction it and it shouldn't be, but that's uh, the world whatever. we live in. Hey, <laughs> adapt, right? Yep. Adapt. All right. Next question. All right. How have supply chain shortages affected you personally? All right. So I guess I start on this one, huh? Since you started on the last one, I am, uh, for people who actually know me, I'm a, a tiny bit of a crazy cat lady. <laughs> not a full-on crazy cat lady, <laughs> just like a kind of borderline crazy cat lady. Just so, like a dozen cats, right? <laughs> no, 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 but, but enough. <laughs> um, so what's happened with the supply chain shortages that have affected me personally, the biggest thing has been getting cat food, if you can believe it. Now, like most people, I've been adversely affected by the rising gas prices, which are insane in, in New Jersey, where I live. Food prices also through the roof. I've noticed everything has gone up like a dollar that I used to buy. You know, each item is a dollar more expensive. And each week, it seems to get worse and worse. But the biggest effect that it's had on me personally has been the cat food. Isn't that hmm. crazy? Yeah, that's an interesting one. No I pun intended. That. Yeah, really. <laughs> I'm surprised. I don't have cats. I have dogs. I have a dog, not dogs. Um, but <laughs> You're not I a crazy dog person. <laughs> not, well, yeah. <laughs> I, Maybe you are. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, <laughs> the personal effect, you mentioned them. The grocery costs are ridiculous. The fuel costs, I dragged my camper to a campground last weekend and back about a five and a half hour drive each way and, and $600 worth of diesel fuel later. Whoa, yeah, Whoa. It's, it's, you could have been on a plane. It, yeah, wow, that's nuts. insane. It's absolutely But then crazy. again, to get on a plane is even more insane now. So what are gas prices right now per gallon for regular in Indiana? Yeah, it's like four thirty for okay. regular, and then we're at like four seventy in New Jersey. Wow. Okay, diesel. And that's at Wawa. 
Yeah, diesel's 530. I need to fill up some gas cans for work around the house. And I keep saying to myself, well, there's a lot of talk in the news around here about lifting the state gas tax as well temporarily, right? Right, to, to kind of alleviate it, right? To, to right. kind of help a little bit. So I'm like, do I want to fill up my gas can today or should I wait to tomorrow in case that tax goes away, right? So you're doing the math in your head and it's, <laughs> it's, it's minimal in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, these are the adjustments that we're going to have to make. Well, it's funny you say that too, you know, about waiting because that's what a lot of people did with housing. They were like, well, the market's right. so crazy right now because of the pandemic, but I'll just wait it out. And here we are a year later, it's even crazier. And, you know, you're waiting it out wondering, okay, is there ever going to be anything that changes? But I'm optimistic, but wow, it's it's definitely crazy times right now with the supply chain shortages. Yeah, it is. Um, but it's affecting everybody. So we just have to adapt. Yeah. Okay, so next uh, next question. What is your biggest business pet peeve? I'm glad you, you narrowed that down to business because my personal is, is a long list. And I don't know <laughs> we don't want to talk about we that. Don't wanna, we don't really want to go down there that, that road. So Five-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let me break it off into sections. Um, <laughs> biggest business pet peeve, we were just talking about this actually today. It's lack of response. That's a good one. I mean, I'm sure there's many factors and I'm sure I'm guilty of it as well at times, but... I can't tell you how many, you know, large customers, you know, you work with and or you're handling large dollar units. You just can't seem to get a response from somebody. Yeah. Frustrating. You know, you typically move to the escalation path and things like that, but then you just question it. Do you not want the business? Right. Right. That's true. How about you? Okay. For me, I think, um, I think my biggest pet peeve is poor communication, but more of a pet peeve is incomplete communication. So if I am, you know, I take direction a lot from a lot of different people because doing what I do for Radwell, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that are created for others to use. So in order to properly do that, a lot of times people will communicate things with me about what they need. And when they incompletely communicate, it often forces me to have to do things more than once, sometimes three, four, or five times, which when it comes to certain aspects of my job, such as recording voiceovers or editing video, that three, four, or five times becomes extremely time consuming. And, you know, we're all busy here, so it becomes a waste of time. So that's, I think, my biggest pet peeve is just incomplete communication. If you tell me what you want up front, I will. I have you. I've got it. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll ask whatever questions I need and I'll make it happen. But I can't make it happen when I am not told what you want. (laughs) So I think that is my biggest business pet peeve. That's an interesting one. And I think about what I mentioned earlier about, you know, constant growth. From a communication standpoint, as a leader, I want to be a better communicator always, right? Me too. And I'm not perfect. Let me preface by saying I'm not perfect, but Right. And you beat yourself up in certain situations. I'll have someone say to me, well, I wasn't aware of that. And I think, well, I've been aware of that. How come you're not aware of that? Well, I obviously didn't effectively communicate that. And why is that? (laughs) Right. And then you go and you kind of tear it all apart. It's bouncing around inside my head, right? Mm -hmm. And it's been bouncing inside my head. So there's just an assumption, I guess, at some point that others know what I know. Yes, exactly. That's not the case. So just trying to always be a better communicator, certainly as a leader, it's an important piece. Yeah, it happens a lot. And I think you're right. I think people are in their heads, they're thinking, they're moving things around. And a lot of times what comes out is not necessarily what you were thinking. (laughs) You know, it's something else and it's incomplete and then it makes no sense and it it leads to miscommunications and, and issues. So 
this doesn't pertain to the business pet peeve, but um, for some reason this sticks with me. Many, many, many years ago when I was much younger, I was over my brother's apartment and we're, we're hanging out on the weekend and he's sleeping on the couch and I'm playing video games. And at one point he wakes up and he goes, so are you going to do that or what? <laughs> And I said, what? What? I said, what are you talking about? He was dreaming something or bouncing around his head and I only got a piece of it. And I had no idea what he was talking about. But I always go back to that and I think about you know, ineffective communications. And is that really what's occurring is I'm building, you know, all these scenarios, tearing it down in my head, getting a better understanding of pieces of the puzzle to get to the next step. But I'm not effectively communicating. Right. It's that. always a learning thing. I think we're always learning it. Um, and I think we're always changing and growing in that regard. But sure. Sometimes, you know, yeah. <laughs> it makes other people's jobs difficult. <laughs> I know. All right, Julie, how did you help someone recently and what did you do? Hmm. You know, I'm, go I'm going to use a, some non-business examples and some business examples. But I often give my friends uh, social media advice for their businesses because I have friends that are a, a few friends that are entrepreneurial and they don't necessarily know the ins and outs the way I do. So I try to help whenever I can with social media advice, with tips, with, hey, you should do this or you should take that, especially if they're asking me and they have really good content and they're not necessarily making use of it the way they should. I also help my friends with their pets a lot. Back to the crazy cat lady thing. Um, yeah. Whenever I can, I try to I try to help with pets because there's many times that I need help with my pets, and you know we mm -hmm. I have friends that we think the same way, and we kind of interact with our pets the same way. So we have each other's backs when it comes to you know somebody going away, or I have a friend right now whose cat has was just diagnosed with diabetes, and I had a cat a few years back who her, the last year of her life, she had diabetes. So I had to give her insulin shots and I got really well versed at that. So I'm able to now help my friend with her situation whenever she needs help. So that's an example of something that I do personally. As far as professionally, I think I want to, anyone who works with me on my team, I want to feel like they are learning and growing and I want them to feel like they're learning and growing. And so far I've developed two solid video content editors who have left Radwell and gone on in their career to, you know, better positions that they've grown into working with me. So I feel like if you leave your team better and more skilled than when they started, you've succeeded. Yep. I 100% agree with that. What about you? So let's see. Yeah. Personally, hmm, um, I kind of gave up you know, my friends and, and all of that when I moved out to Indiana to build the business. So, you know, 95% of my time is work-related. I hope to have 3% of that time to play a little golf and then relax on that last 2%, right? So um, obviously help my wife, the dog. We recently put our dog on a plane for the first time. Oh. Um, which was an interesting... With you or like in the hold? Nope, with us in a carrier oh, by our feet. Good, yeah. Because she's tiny, your dog, right? 12 pounds. It's a he, but yes. Yeah. Oh, it's um, a he. I thought it was a she for some reason. I don't know why I thought that. Most people <laughs> assume Yorkies are she's. I don't know why that is, that, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of steps that go into that, right? So it's seeing the doctor. You've got to check a bunch of boxes for the airlines until you show up to check in at the airlines. Are you and kidding? Say, oh, we don't need any of that information, but... Um, Oh, it's, wow. It's I didn't realize that. I thought you could just put them in a carrier least, and but go. From our recent experience, yes, you can. However, you know, there's a lot of T's and C's on the uh, website. And anyway, it's better to be have your bases covered than not. Absolutely. But professionally, I agree with you 100%. One of the things I love in my role more than anything is seeing the people around me develop. 
not going to mention any names, but I go back to the days of IT uh, and seeing that group develop, but again, personally and professionally, getting to see an entire team of people get promotions when, you know, I moved on is incredibly satisfying. But, you know, here in Indiana, I look back at the staff that we hired locally when we acquired the business here in Franklin, Indiana. You know, the majority of our employees are local to Indiana. Some of them are born and raised in Indiana. And to build those fellow employees into Radwell people, um, and then see them get opportunities It's you know, or be considered for opportunities, it's incredibly satisfying. Oh, that's pretty awesome. All right. So how do you feel about competition in business? Ooh, competition in general. That's what keeps me going, certainly. For business, it's important, right? How do you continually improve? It seems to be a, an ongoing topic here, but what do you want out of business, right? You want to make money. You want to grow. You hopefully want to be the best in your field. And I'm proud to say, you know, Radwell certainly is the market leader in our field, but it's because of the competition around you and it keeps you driving forward. Um, Without it, it's very easy to stay stagnant. Um, You know, personally, huge sports fan, racing, uh, football, baseball, you know, all of the sports, uh, very competitive against other branch managers and other branches, right? Always want to be the best, want to put up the best growth. I think that's healthy if you can keep it healthy, right? And some people can get stuck into where it becomes toxic and, and things like that. But uh, I think it's super important. Now, you know, look at Amazon and the Amazon effect, right? You always kind of hear the Amazon effect. Mm-hmm. Um, they control their own logistics. So, you know, they can get products to you in one to two days, even through supply chain shortages in a lot of instances. And I would think it should keep your business thinking on their feet. And how can we do things better? How can we be quicker? The way they do things, it's changed the world. It's changed. It really has changed the world. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. What are your thoughts on competition in, in business? But I have kind of a different, I have a little different take on competition business. Now, I agree with what you said that you need to be paying attention to what's going on in your industry and around you, and you should know what your competitors are doing. It's important to be aware of that. However, I think people often take it too far. I think they focus on what competitors are doing rather than focusing on what you can control, which is what goes on in your four walls, or in our case, in the four walls of 10 locations, you know, we can't control what our competitors are doing, not directly. We can have an effect for sure, but we can't really control what our competitors are doing in any business. What we can control is how we respond to what's happening in our industry and how we respond to changes in our own business to make our own operation stronger and better and more of a leader. So to me, I feel like people spend so much time worrying about what others are doing. Oh, look at this video that this person put out and look at that email. Okay, that's great. But guess what, folks? People are looking at what we do. It operates at a different level than what some other people are doing. So I don't think the focus should necessarily be on worrying about what others are always doing when you can't control that. I think what we should be doing is bettering ourselves based on what's happening in the industry and what we think we can contribute. Now, that's with any business. And I mean, I've run a few businesses of my own and businesses that had a lot of competition. But really, is there any competition? Every business is so unique that even when you're doing the exact same thing, if you have a different set of people or partnerships in place, it's always going to be different, even when it is the same industry and the same type of thing. You know, having the strong staff member or the strong team that handles a certain aspect of the business, that's what's going to make the difference. And that's always going to be different because people are different. Nobody's the same. So I feel like competition's good, competition's important, but it's not something that when I run a business, I focus on. It's just something that I'm aware of. It's almost like out of my peripheral vision, I see it, 
but I'm looking forward, not to the sides. Does that make sense? Yeah, good. It makes makes complete sense. Yep, absolutely. And I think that's the big takeaway is you've got to be aware, right? Yep. Do you want to match everything? No. But, you know, go back to like our social media presence, our video presence. It's created that visibility into who we are, what we do. It's what makes us unique. And I always tell customers or if I'm sending an email or personally, hey, check out our YouTube page. Got a lot of great videos on there. By the way, everybody you see is a Radwell employee. Um, Thanks for that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's pretty interesting because you know, think of some of our competition. Some of our competitions are, you know, one to two man operation that are literally working out of their garage or out of a pole barn somewhere. Um, sure. And that's okay. There's room for them too. There is room for them, but that's why we can create the visibility so that you can see who we are and what we do and who our people mm -hmm. are and welcome you inside. There's people who struggle with, um, you know, social media because it does create that visibility and people feel like, oh, well, then people know what we're doing. Well, that's the way of the world today. Mm -hmm. People don't trust your business if they can't see what you're doing. It's not like the old days where everything was, you know, kept under wraps the way um, the way it was in the 90s, you know, when there wasn't that social media presence. People expect, especially younger generations, if you don't have a strong social media presence, they don't trust your company. They don't want to do business with a company they don't trust. Yeah, I think about the new the new Corvette or the new whatever car. They used to be able to put it out on the streets and put like some crazy wrap on it so that you can't really see the lines. You can't really see the contours. You don't really know what it's going to look like when it's released. Nowadays, right. because of social media and the, you know, the instant delivery of everything, now you see every angle of that car with the same wrap on. You kind of get an idea of what it's going to look like. So they, yeah. they've got to get more and more creative on how to, you know, kind of hide the new concepts. But it's kind of okay, though, because then what it does is it does the marketing for you. It builds the buzz. Sure. So people are talking about it before they're, they even know what it is. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yep. That's how I view social media is constant buzz building. No, absolutely. <laughs> Sounds like a weird, a weird phrase, but <laughs> that's what you're doing. You're constantly trying to build buzz like, oh, look what they're doing. Yeah, go ahead. Look at what we're doing. <laughs> that's what I want you to do. <laughs> so what's your favorite thing about managing a business? My favorite thing about managing a business is people. It's the hardest part and the most rewarding part. I like seeing people grow. I like seeing people develop in real time. I like celebrating wins with people. And I like learning from mistakes with people. So I would say people. That's my favorite aspect of managing a business. So we might as well uh, take that statement, back it up, and then just use my voice because it's the same thing. It's the same answer. Um, you're right. It's the most difficult part without a doubt, Totally, but it's the most satisfying part. Um, the learning aspect, you know, gosh, I've always said if when I stop learning is the day I'm just going to pack it in and, uh, you know, head south on, on, on I-95 or in my case, <laughs> I-65, right? <laughs> right. Or you could just go right across the country and Route 66 and take it sure, all the way. Sure, No, but the learning aspect, and again, watching people grow, it's the most important piece of the puzzle. You know, I've been fortunate, like you said, 15 years with Radwell to be here as employee number 273. <laughs> um, you know, when we were 150 strong to 10 locations, 1,000 employees plus and growing, and just being a part of all of that and watching people grow and I don't know. It's, it's, it's cool. Um, it is cool. It's really yeah, cool. It's very cool. <laughs> when we produce a podcast episode, what do we hope to achieve? I know what I hope to achieve. What do you hope to achieve, Rob? Hopefully creating some interesting content that people find interesting and want to listen to, right? That's the obvious answer. What I want to achieve when doing these is hopefully I'm learning something. Yes. I've said this, I don't know if I said it in prior podcasts and it's a personal thing, but you know, I'm technically an introvert and the, the Myers-Briggs type indicators will tell you that and all of those tests and, you know, whatever. 
Um, however, the people around me, my management staff have always kind of pegged me as an extrovert. I'm not. And <laughs> I've worked very hard over my career and I get right constant growth of identifying that as an area where I needed to, I guess, step up or work on. Um, and I've put myself in a lot of positions over the years in the company of being able to be out in front of people and speak and force myself to get outside of that shell. I think I've personally done a very good job of that, but that's part of this, right, Julie, when you mm -hmm. came to me and you said, so you asked me for a reason and maybe it was some of those speeches or whatever that I had given, but this is another opportunity for me to step outside of my comfort zone and hopefully contribute. But being a part of the company for so long, I think I can offer a unique insight and then hopefully it creates that content that's interesting that others want to, want to, you know, listen to spend time on. That's incredibly interesting because I too am an introvert. I am what people refer to as an extroverted introvert, and I think you are the same. Yeah. I can be extroverted for whatever period of time I need to be, but at some point I reach the end of my bandwidth and I need to go back into my cave to regroup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I approach things. And I am not ever perceived that way by others. They always look at me like I have 12 heads when I say that, but that's the truth. Mm -hmm. I can present well do what I need to do. But at the end of it, when the bandwidth is gone, I need to be able to go back into my, my cave, like I said, and regroup. Like you, this was a way to put things out there. It was something new to learn. It was something interesting that I think was important for Radwell to have. My goal for this podcast was to connect people in Radwell's business community to the human side of the business. But I also wanted to be able to have this be a resource for interesting topics and relevant information within the industry. Yeah, inter interesting. So it's yeah. twofold. Mm -hmm. Well, we've talked about this in the podcast about chambers of commerce and things like that. It allows you to put a face to the business and, and like you said, humanize the business a bit. In you this know, case, a voice a, <laughs> or voice. In this case, a voice. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's great to have a building and you're operating and you're successful, but I think you can be more successful by being you know, front and center and allowing people in, um, you being a part of the community. Yes. Um, interesting to hear that you're similar in that way. Yeah. You're out in front of all these videos and all of that, but but yeah, I'm not in them though. Remember, I'm not in them. Ah, it's a different true, thing. True. It's my voice. It's the background of it. It's speaking. It's representing. But that's something that I've always done well because the bottom line of being a manager is you are representing people at all moments, right? That's mm -hmm. kind of what a manager does. So that came naturally. But for being able to actually connect. Everything I do, not just this podcast, everything I do is about connecting people in Radwell's business community to the human side of the business. So whether it's a video or a photo for a marketing brochure or a blog, whatever it is, social media, it's all about showcasing the human side of what we do and who's responsible for what's happening. Because it's not, at the end of the day, it's not a logo on the side of the building. It's a group of people that work together to make things happen. So well said. I have my moments. <laughs> <laughs> this was a really good chat, though. I think it was a good idea that we did this. So now our listeners know who we are. I'll uh, reserve judgment until I listen back on the edited version. <laughs> but yes, now I agree. <laughs> well, you'll see contact information for both Rob and me in the notes for this episode. If you like this podcast, we'd love to have you leave us a review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Try to be kind on this one. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for episode 24 of Radwell Automation Nation. Until next time. To learn more about Radwell, visit radwell.com or connect with us on social media. To contact us about this podcast, email automationnation at radwell.com. Thanks for joining us.